were then able to make a deposit to help those young men feel like you can be a champion in whatever you want to be. It doesn't just have to be football. It doesn't just have to be football. A slam dunk, a tennis ace, a one-handed catch. Some champions make winning look so easy. Their path to the gold medal, however, was anything but. Hard work, dedication, losses, and heartbreak paved the path toward the ultimate goal. Doc Rivers, former coach of the L.A. Clippers, after getting knocked out of playoff contention in 2016, said, You have to be willing to get your heart broken to be a champion, and you have to do it over and over again. On an entirely different field of play, many individuals risk more than broken hearts. For the opportunity to win the right to vote, countless people suffered injury and even death to bring others to the winning table. Names such as James Cheney, Michael Schwerner, and Andrew Goodman, three civil rights volunteers who were killed while participating in a voter registration drive in Meridian, Mississippi. Truly, winning does not come easy. Even when we think we are putting in all the work, we cannot deny the work of generations that have gone before us so that when we get to the line, we can at least make it look easy. And yet for some, the process is still a struggle. Voter suppression, changing district lines, unfair rules, and inadequate access to polling places are not just signs of the current election. They have been the practice for the history of this nation. Champions, however, are those who challenge the status quo, knowing that they can do what others have not. When scientists said it was impossible for a person to run a four-minute mile, everyone believed them, until someone broke it. Similarly, voting rights and access continue to be changed for the better by people like the late Congressman John Lewis and April W. on Twitter who personally helped close to 2,000 people get registered to vote. These are champion makers, people changing the game so that when we get to the polls, we can make it look easy. While progress has been achieved, we are far from the ultimate goal. Like Doc Rivers said, this has to be done over and over. With those in our past paving the way and those taking up the cause, we will get there. Because it is this kind of good that we need in our community, our country, and our world. This is why we are here. It's the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host, Kenneth Hopkins. Join us as we discover the good things that are happening all around us and what we can do to bring even more good to our communities. Life is like a box of assorted chocolates. What swirls in my head? Donuts be boxes. Both go with the concept. Never know what you'll get unless you were open for the question. Welcome back to the Perpetual Good Podcast. This is Kenneth Hopkins. And as you know, every week I like to start off with just the question, what is good? And now I'm going to ask that question for myself. What is good? What's going on in my life? What's going on good with the podcast? There's actually a lot of good things. This week, this past week, has been challenging in a number of ways. But the thing for me, what is good, is 
I have had a number of conversations. Some of those conversations have been with my kids. And in those conversations, it has just got me so excited, not just the conversations with my kids, but with the other conversations I'm having as well. It's just got me so excited about some of the things that are coming up. Some of the things you're going to hear about here, some of them will will find a way to get you the information as well. I'm also excited about some of the episodes that are coming up. I've had some conversations with people and we have them scheduled to do the recording. So that's, that's coming up. So I'm excited about that. Just a lot of, lot of great things. And also for the podcast itself, we actually have listeners in seven different nations. So that to me is exciting. And I'm, I'm, as I say always, I'm looking forward to hearing what's happening in your communities, in your state, in your nation, in your country. I want to find out the good things that are happening. So uh, if you have anything, definitely go to the website, leave me some comments. Let me know the things that you're doing or the things that you have heard, and we're going to broadcast that here. Now, let me switch gears a little bit before we actually get into the subject matter for today. I want to talk a little bit about the election season. I read something, and you can check me if it's wrong, but I, I found it interesting that When George Washington was elected, out of the entire population, only 6% of the people were eligible to vote. Not 6% of the people voted, but 6% of the people were eligible based on the rules itself. That just kind of tells a different story to me about what the expectation was at that time. And thinking about from where it was then to now, I have been very excited as I've watched numerous people not only exercising their own right to vote, but helping others to get registered, helping others to get to the polls. And so if you're asking yourself, how can my one vote count? Going back to the sports analogy, think about all of the different games where you've seen a final catch at the last minute, a Hail Mary basket right at the buzzer, a race that's down to the last couple of seconds where someone gives up or or just pulls back a little bit before they actually get to the tape and then somebody ends up passing them and they end up winning by like a thousandth of a second. All of those things are very minute, but they change the game. And so when it comes to champions, the, the biggest thing, really, is just showing up. As long as you can show up, then you can win it. But you'll never win if you never show up. So make sure that you're exercising your right to vote. Make sure that you're getting out there. Make sure that you're doing what you can to make your voice heard at this time. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. That's between you, your God, your conscience, your family. That, that is completely up to you. But if you don't vote, you have no say in what happens after the fact. So make sure you do that. So that's enough about that. Let's get back into the conversation. This is going to be part two of the conversation that I had with Vince McCastle. Vince is the founder of Urban Champions. He's a great friend of mine. We go back a long ways. We were part of a a group of four 
We were up and coming ministers. We were all like teenagers, young 20s. And we had the benefit of having some really good mentors, people who poured into us and made us champions in our own right. It's because of that, because of those people, people like Vince have turned around and done the same thing with the young people in his area. So without further ado, let's get back into the conversation. Urban Champions with Vince McCastle. I remember sitting in my car as we were talking about what Urban Champions was going to be. And uh, he just encouraged me and came alongside and helped us with it. And so we were then able to make a deposit to help those young men feel like you can be a champion in whatever you want to be. It doesn't just have to be football. It doesn't just have to be football. I love all of the stories. And you're definitely taking me back with, uh, with Doc Hyatt, <laughs> definitely with your uncle. And we haven't even talked about Reverend Anderson. <laughs> oh, what a time, bro. Yeah. The significant thing that, that I have heard in everything that you have said is investment. The level of investment that was poured into you through Doc Hyatt not just in, in that one time where he gave you a book, but in all of the time that you were able to see that when he spoke, it actually meant something. And I remember, I remember the first time that I met Doc Hyatt. <laughs> it, was, it was at one of the conferences and I spoke up to say something and he, he stood up and he countered me. And, and me and my 15, 16 year old self, I'm like, who, who is this guy? You know, who does he think he is? It took me a while to realize who he was so that right. when he spoke, whatever he said, I'm just like, okay, I'm there. I understand because he was never speaking out of arrogance or out of, right. out of right. anything. He was speaking right. because everything that he did was investment. The same thing with your uncle. Something happened at, at, at St. James. He pulled me aside one time and he said, I watched how you handle this. And that told me that investment is happening, whether you realize it's happening or not. There's, there are a lot of people who are coming right. alongside. And so what I see in that, the things that you were doing with these young men is not just on the football field. It's not even just at the specific time in the classroom, but right. even the efforts that you're making to get other people who are experts in their fields to come alongside, they're able to see that. So just give me a little background with some of the kids who have come up through this. Where are they at? What is their, what is their mindset? How have they become champions in, in things other than football? The first thing I can say is, is, is I never hear about any of them being in trouble. And I, and, and I hate to say it, I don't have enough time with reconnecting with them, although I connect with some of them on social media. I know their trajectory is, is very good. My youngest son, though, however, who I'm most involved with his life, but I'm, I'm definitely going to reconnect with those young men more, tells me all the time, says, Dad, man, those skills that I learned give me an edge. You know, I'm able to do things. And I watch him 
moved in his life through different jobs, different situations, and how he develops relationships and how people support what he's doing. And I just, I'm just amazed. And the, the first indication was that of that was when he went to interview to be a security guard for the 49ers. And uh, Guy McIntyre called me and said, Vince, you would be very proud of your son. He amazed them. He knocked their socks off. He said, you should be really proud. And he had to be interviewed by an oral board in order to get the job, Ken. So, you know, they're making an investment in these young men that they bring on. And so um, he was able to step into that and, and to work on it. And, and he's still on his journey. The, the loss of his mom was very painful for him. And uh, he hasn't grieved it well. But he's going through it. I'm still there for him. But, yeah, I would like to say that I am more connected with those young men. But at this point, as you know, um, I'm working on myself so I can give them more. And, and I think we take for granted because there's a whole mindset this day and age about instant success. Yes. We hear it all the time. I have become an influencer or... I started this YouTube channel and now I'm, you know, I'm a multimillionaire in, right. you know, three months or six months. Right, and, right. <laughs> and, and that's a lot of the mindset that happens. But two things you mentioned. One, these kids are not in trouble. And there are so many opportunities, especially when kids feel disconnected from society. They feel disconnected from the school system that they're in. If they don't feel like they have enough mentors, we've seen it all throughout life. They can get involved in gangs. They can get involved in the wrong type of behavior. But yeah. the fact that these kids have had something that has put them on the right path, that in itself is good. The second thing that you mentioned when you were talking about your son having skills to be able to participate in the global market, to be able to go into an organization and to have the interviewing skills, to have the communication skills, to be able to get those jobs. Yes. Those are the things that are necessary. And those are the things that are going to start to change the tide. It's not instant success. It's not right. instant money. Those things are at the whim of, of somebody else. But yes. if I have the ability to create something, if I have the ability to step into something, then yes. my long-term success is much more guaranteed. And I think the other thing, too, is one of the things in a very subtle way is that not only did you give him those skills through Urban Champions, but you also gave him different skills through example. So many, especially young men, would look at jobs in security and say, oh, no, that's, that's beneath me. I, I'm, I'm not doing it. But yet you went from running your own marketing organization to step back, take care of family, and become a security guard so that you have the time to be able to do that. Right. And so you set a different example so that he could say, well, yeah, it's a job. This is something that I can use to pay my bills and, and do what I need to do. It's a step right. forward. Everything is a step forward. So all of that is the influence that you were able to give and that influence that was poured into you as well. And Ken, I mean, you know, not growing up, me growing up without my dad being in my life. I met my dad when I was 10. I saw him probably 10 times in my life. But I don't feel like I lost anything, Ken, because of those men I talked about, because of the Dr. Hyatt, because of my uncle. And man, my uncle, he brought me out here so I could get my degree. And I took another journey 
But today, I'm working on my degree in behavioral health, and I'm determined to get it because of him, man. He's he's my inspiration. I you know I, I get emotional when I when I think about it. It's like I love that old man. He didn't have to do what he did for me. He did it because he wanted to. He would help me with anything, money, whatever I needed. He was there to help me, including he's the one that hooked me up with Dr. Hyatt. You know how, you know, as a, a young person, the closest people in your life don't have any credibility. And I wouldn't really listen to what he had to say, but he felt like I would listen to Dr. Hyatt. So that's when he made that connection. And he was right. You mentioned that the things that you were doing, including getting your degree right now, you're doing a lot of that because of him. Do you ever think that some of these young men are doing what they're doing because of you? And what does that do to your thought process? Man, when you said that, it gave me chills. It, it just I just had a chill when you said that. Because, Ken, I don't think of it that way. I really don't think of it that way. I feel like I haven't done enough. By no means am I wealthy financially, and I'm still struggling to get where I need to go, but I have a wealth of relationships. And the biggest wealth that I have is the wealth that Dr. Hyatt indicated to me, Ken. I'm wealthy in love. I got God's love. I've got my wife's love. Man, I, I am rich in that. And I have love for myself. And that was part of what my grief journey taught me is to love myself better, right? And so, man, I don't feel like I've given away enough. I want to give away more. And I just go, man, I, I never knew what Dr. Hyde was infecting me with. But he infected me with love. And I got to give away this love, man. And, and I haven't given away enough. And that's why I've gone back to prepare myself to have more credibility and, and skills and tools to offer so I can not only tap back into helping those young men that started with us, but also help more young people along the way. That's absolutely awesome. So as you're preparing yourself, and I know that Urban Champions is, is kind of sitting in the bubble as you're working through the things that you have just worked through from 2015 up until now, the grief process for yourself, for your family, but also all of the preparation that you're doing, what do you see on the horizon for Urban Champions? What do you see for the next generation coming up? And especially with where we are as a society, what are the keys to engaging with these young men? I've spoken to many young people who are discouraged right now. Many young people of color who are discouraged. So where do you see Urban Champions stepping into that? When you come through your process and you're ready to engage again, what do you see on the horizon? You know, Ken, I'll be frank with you. Because I'm so deep in the preparation, I don't see that yet, but I know it'll be there. I, I know the things that inspire me. And frankly, in this journey, what I'm inspired about is exactly what affected me as a seven-year-old. I, I, I want to somehow be able to help parents and professionals work as a synergistic team to develop this young people. And often I see, especially with kids with learning difficulties, of which I'm not really called to work with those with severe learning difficulties. I, my heart breaks too much. My heart is too soft for that. But 
the ones with mild to moderate and those with like ADHD, I'm thinking that in the future, like many of the young men that we help who may have had ADHD or things like that, that were obstacles, but not real serious learning difficulties, that what we're going to do is continue to provide the social emotional skill learning. But then, you know, I connected with the neuroscientist who discovered neuroplasticity, uh, Dr. Michael Marsnich from UCSF. And they have provided for us a free use of their service that we can give away to help young people to develop their executive function skills, which are necessary. You know, the prefrontal cortex of the brain has to be developed so that you can make decisions and manage your time and manage your emotions and those kind of things and control your amygdala, which may get out of control and and cause you to see things as a threat that are not really a threat. And so we formed that partnership and plan to go forward with that partnership. And that was the new horizon. That was something that we saw in addition to the social-emotional skills that we needed to add to our program to help boost, especially one particular executive function skill, which is called working memory. And what people don't know is like working memory, which is like your brain's post-it note, is the best predictor of academic success. And so they have done studies. Uh, I, I followed Tracy and Ross Alloway, who are psychologists who wrote a book called The Working Memory Advantage. And uh, in any event, they have done studies and proven that kids with disadvantages or come from a disadvantaged background, if they have a high-functioning working memory, they can compete. And so we use Brain HQ. There's another group called Achille Labs, who they're developing a game to help improve ADHD and working memory and other things. And so we plan on sewing those tools into the program so that young people can develop the social emotional skills and the executive function skills. That sounds like so much, but it's so much good. And I, I love hearing all of that. I'm very interested in coming back and being able to see how all of this pans out when you're ready to start jumping back into this, yeah. because I think it's I think it's so important. I think that the level of activity and work that you're doing with the young people have been doing and continue to do is, is so important. As we draw this to a close, there are people who are looking for different things to get involved in. They're looking for uh, different causes or, or whatever it is. And some people just don't know where to, where to get involved. If you were to run across people who maybe they were told that they'd be great with, great with young people or whatever, and they're thinking, maybe I should get involved. What types of things would you tell them? Oh, man. You know, in this COVID environment, Ken, there's so much perpetual good we can do, man. To me, it's a lot simpler. I'm trying to love the people I'm connected with. I'm trying to be loving to Michelle on a daily basis and be present. She just lost her mom. Her mom passed away. And so I'm trying to be present and be loving in that situation with her. And, and then also, you know, I have friends. I, you know, one of my best friends is going through cancer treatment for um, multi-melanoma, uh, myeloma, as it's called. And so in any event, you know, I, I call him. <laughs> I call him daily. And uh, so I, I check on him. You know, we have a group, just three of us, actually, since we're not able to go to church, we get together, four of us, actually, 
we have an online Bible study and, you know, just try to encourage each other to, you know, do exactly what you're doing. Continue to stay connected to God and continue to do the good that you need to do in your life. And don't lose that edge of wanting to be a positive influence in your family, you know, even though that's where your reach is probably most felt at this time. And so, you know, I, I call... I have a sister that lives in Detroit. I call and check on her. She's isolated. She's by herself. You know, her kids have grown up. She has an amazing story. She has a son that is a professional basketball player. But I call her to check on her. So for me, the kind of things you can do is just connect. You know, because of some disappointments when I was in therapy, my kids were getting on my nerves, Ken, and I was like, you know what? I'll just leave them behind their, their headache. And uh, I'm just going to keep moving. And anybody that's, that's an irritant to me, I'll disconnect. You know, and my therapist, who is like my big sister, Lorraine K. Hutchinson, she said, Vince, you can't do that. She said, in order for you to go forward, you have to stay connected to your past. And so I, I want to encourage whoever's listening to you. You might be thinking about leaving people behind. Yes, there's difficult relationships and difficult situations. But I'm reminded of not only what Lorraine said to me, but in the difficulty I have in relationship with my mom, I tried to avoid her. And Dr. Hyde, here's another deposit he made, Ken. He told me one day when I didn't want to call my mom, I was being honest with him. He said, listen, man, you know your mom. You know how to talk to your mom. You know how to engage with her. And Ken, it opened another door for me where I called and I talked to my mom and we connected on the things we really connected on. And, and then, you know, when things got tough, I'd be like, Mom, I love you, but I got to go. And so I learned, you know, uh, how to do that. So I want to encourage somebody. You might be thinking like, hey, there's all these painful people in my life that I got to disconnect from. And you may be in pain, but guess what? There's hope if you continue to process and you find healthier ways to deal with it. And, hey, you know, I can be reached at bjcmcy at gmail.com. That's bjcmcy at gmail.com. Or you can go to Urban Champions page or whatever. But listen, there's a way through. So don't give up. You know, don't give up because you can get through it. And, it, and as Dr. Hyatt told me once, Ken, when I was going through a, a difficulty, he says, Vince, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And so you can find some strength and you can find the love that you need in order to get through these kind of times. And so I'm sorry, I probably didn't answer that question, but my heart is, is breaking because I know somebody's listening to this, Ken, and somebody needs some help. And I want them to have some hope. And I'm thankful that you you know, decided to do this so that people could find hope and, and help for their pain because they're, because just like, you know, uh, the times uh, when I was going through my grief and I was alone and I would, I'd be lonely and, and, and in pain and I'd cry out to God and, and he'd give me comfort and hope, you know, I got through this and I've gotten through the other side. I'm still a work in progress. There's still stuff to grow from. But man, I'm thankful of where I'm at, what I've been through, what I'm learning, and what has been given to me to, to navigate this life, you know? Well, you definitely did answer the question. Thank you for giving your contact information as well. We'll have that in the show notes. 
And everything that we've talked about has all been about the personal, the individual process and having people to come alongside to help with that, to help open doors, even opening doors in the mind. And that's once we can do that, opening doors in the mind and in the heart, it may not look the way that we want. And sometimes, you know, those those are hard conversations, just like Doc Hyatt saying, nope, you got to call your mom. Right. Those types of things can can actually lead to the personal development and making of champions that yeah. that we all need to be in whatever area, whatever arena that we find ourselves in. So yeah. Vince, I, I want to thank you for for taking thank the time, you. for coming on. Yeah. And like I said, we'll have all this information in the show notes yeah. and definitely check out Urban Champions and be on the lookout for what Urban Champions is going to become, but yeah. also the Urban Champions that are in your own area that yeah. you may be looking at them saying, oh, these kids are not doing anything, but what can you do to actually yeah. help them to become champions? So again, go. thank you. Thank you, yeah. Vince. Thank you you're all for, for being a part of that. All right. You're welcome, Ken. Thank you for having me on. I love you too, bro. Thank love you. you too. And, and thank you for being there for me too. I, I appreciate that immensely. You, my... you, you don't remember, you might remember though, you gave me a book about transitions. I'm sorry to tell you I didn't read it. <laughs> But, okay. the, but the actual topic spoke to me because I was going through that transition. And, and I think about it from time to time, how sometimes you don't read the books people give you. But guess what? It speaks volumes about what the need was. And, and, mm-hmm. and you were there for me. And thank you also. Uh, I hope your, your listeners realize that you were there for me at that critical time. And I uh, appreciate that as well. I'm, I'm glad I could be. I love you too, man. I love you too, bro. This has been part two of my conversation with Vince McCastle, who is the founder of Urban Champions. And I hope that this has given you some inspiration about some of the things that you can do in your community with the people that are right around you. If you are investing in people around, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear the things that you are doing. And I'd love to hear some of the results, some of the things that are coming out of what you are doing with people. If you get a chance, go to the website, kennethdhopkins.net. Click on Perpetual Good Podcast and then go to the show notes. You can go to this or to any of the other episodes and leave any comments that you have. And tell me the things that are happening in your community. I would love to be able to talk about it here on the podcast. Until the next time, continue to do good. And I look forward to talking to you again on the Perpetual Good Podcast. You have been listening to the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host, Kenneth Hopkins. Special thanks to Bled John for the theme music. Tune in next time for more stories of the good happening in our community. Have a great day and remember... Don't let evil overwhelm you, but overcome evil with good.